a lot of the time, women are unintentionally overlooked. Welcome to Ambition Theory, Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Welcome to the second episode in our three-part series on transformational leadership. In the first part, I talked about the difference between transactional and transformational leadership models and this opportunity that has opened up for women in the construction industry. To quickly recap, the difference between transactional and transformational leadership is a transactional leadership style is one in which job performance is a series of transactions to be rewarded or disciplined. A leader establishes give and take relationships that appeal to subordinate self-interest. Such leaders manage in the conventional manner of clarifying subordinates' responsibilities, rewarding them for meeting objectives, and correcting them for failing to meet objectives. And this is from the Harvard Business Review article called Women in the Labyrinth of Leadership by Alice Eagley and Linda Carley. Transformational leadership, on the other hand, focuses on motivating and engaging followers with a vision of the future. Transformational leaders establish themselves as role models by gaining followers' trust and confidence. Such leaders mentor and empower followers, encourage them to develop their full potential, and contribute more effectively in their organizations. The interesting thing about this is that women naturally veer towards a transformational leadership style and men naturally veer towards a transactional leadership style. And this has been discovered by researchers and they talk about it in the article that Alice Eagley and Linda Carley wrote. So you can check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about how this shows up. Because leadership in the construction industry is very male dominated, there are more people that veer towards a transactional style versus a transformational style. And I go into more detail in the previous episode. So if you're interested, you can go back and listen to part one in this series. It's the last episode on the podcast. The challenge right now is that the leadership skills that are needed in the industry veer towards that transformational side of the spectrum. And this is why. Across the board, there is a war for talent. So that means there aren't enough skilled people to do all of the work. What leaders need to do today is to really get 110 or 120% from every single employee. The challenge is that the traditional transactional approach to leadership is likely not enough to get this kind of output from employees every single day. Simply giving somebody a longer to-do list or delegating more responsibility to them isn't enough to inspire them to want to take action and give more to the company. In these times, you need transformational leaders to inspire and motivate the team to perform at a higher level. This is why there is a huge opportunity for women today because women naturally have these leadership characteristics. However, the problem is that for a very long time, the performance review systems in most construction companies evaluate and reward transactional leadership skills. How do I know this? 
I have been coaching women in the construction industry since 2018, and since then I've coached over a thousand professionals in the construction industry. So I've learned a lot about what it takes to demonstrate the behavioral side of leadership, but also what needs to happen to be officially recognized in your company to get that title, to get that position, and the compensation that you deserve. Because a lot of the time, women are unintentionally overlooked. And it's not anybody's fault, it is actually a form of unconscious bias at play. What we do with our clients at Ambition Theory is we just call out this elephant. We do not place blame, we simply acknowledge that something is blocking progress. But once you have acknowledged that elephant, you can be really strategic and you can come up with strategies to go around it or go over it so it doesn't have to hold you back anymore. If you are an HR professional or a construction leader and you're curious about how you can better engage and support your female staff, we have some exciting news to share with you. Ambition Theory has developed industry-specific leadership training programs for women in line with the Canadian Construction Association's Gold Seal Certification Program. The goal of these programs is to help companies develop leaders from the talent that already exists internally. There is a war for talent in the construction industry, and engagement and retention are among the best ways to address this. If you want to learn how Ambition Theory can help you improve employee engagement and retention, go to ambitiontheory.ca and book a call with us. And now back to the show. Another elephant I want to address today is that if you work hard, you will get noticed. So this idea that hard work is what gets you ahead. It's kind of like that analogy, if a tree falls in the woods and no one is around, does it make a noise? So if you are working hard, if you are motivating your team to deliver results, but nobody is around to see it, or nobody is tracking it in the performance review system, are you going to get recognized and compensated for this incredible work that you are doing? There is one concept that has been the biggest game changer for our clients over the past four years, and this is the concept of sponsorship. You can read more about it in my Forbes article called Women Stop Asking for Advice and Do This Instead. I will put a link to it in the show notes so you can check it out for more information. Um, I do know a lot of construction companies have formal mentorship programs, and mentorship is built into the culture of most of these companies. And this is a really great thing because having a relationship with someone that is more senior than you at your company is really important, and this can help you get that recognition that you deserve for all of the hard work that you are doing. However, there is a big elephant here, and that is the way that gender bias shows up in mentoring relationships and why mentorship programs don't actually work if the goal is to progress women into leadership positions. And I want to share an example of how this shows up. So you take a junior woman versus a junior man. So a junior woman is interesting in learning a new skill. So for example, business development skills. Let's use that for the example. So a junior woman is interested in learning about business development. So what they will do, they will reach out to that mentor, reach out to that senior person and say, I want to learn about business development. Can you help me? So they may go out for coffee. They may have a Zoom call, um, a telephone call. 
And that senior person will say, okay, here's some great books to read. Here's some areas in the company that you should learn about. Here are, maybe they'll even drop some names. Here are some of the people in our company that are really good at business development. Here's the things that you need to do um, in order to learn about this topic. They may even share a story about what they did to learn business development skills and really learn how it works. The challenge here is that it's really advice-based. So after that meeting, this woman, she's all excited she's all expired by all of this great advice that their mentor has given them but they go back to their desk they go back to their job and when it's time to implement it they get stuck because all those names that the mentor dropped if they called them up they're not going to know who they are so they may not answer the phone there's nowhere to really practice the skills it's really all about learning and preparing um, and giving that advice whereas how the behavior shows up for men and this is research based so this is not my opinion this is based on what academics have studied about how men and women rise to leadership. So how this shows up for men is if, a, if it's a junior man is looking for learning about business development, how do I learn that new skill? They'll reach out to someone senior and says, hey, how do I learn business development? And the typical answer will be, hey, you know what? I've got a meeting with the VP of business development this afternoon. Why don't you come along with me? So that junior person will get exposure to a senior level person in the organization that has the expertise in the area they want to learn. And then what often will happen, that senior person will say, hey, you know what? I'm visiting a client this afternoon or we have a Zoom call this afternoon with a client. Why don't you come along? And that person gets thrown in and they get to learn business development as it's happening. And sometimes what will even happen is this VP, this senior person will say, you know what, I was gonna present 10 slides. Why don't you take the first slide? I will be there to back you up if something goes wrong. If you have any questions, I'm here, but you do it. You figure it out, I will be there to help you. And that is really where that stereotype shows up. And I wanna be really clear, this doesn't happen intentionally. People are not doing this because they are discriminating against people. It's really this gender stereotype, this unconscious bias that shows up. And people do this without even realizing it is happening. It is completely unconscious. And it's based on this stereotype that women need to be prepared. Women need to be ready. And the intention is usually good. It's like, I wanna prepare this person so when the opportunity arises, they are ready so they can deliver, that they can really take advantage of that opportunity when it shows up because we don't want them to fail. Whereas on the other, other hand, when you're giving that opportunity first, you're actually allowing that person to learn as they go, get that exposure and learn the skill and practice it right away. So my question to you, if you're listening to this, who do you think is going to progress faster, the female employee who is being prepared for the opportunity or that male employee who is thrown in and learns as they go. And the main difference between sponsorship and mentorship, so sponsorship is about giving that opportunity, mentorship is about giving that advice, and the main difference is skin in the game. And I wanna explain how this works. And this is something that happened to me recently, I'll share this example. Um, a former client of mine connected me with one of their contacts. Um, I met this person for coffee and she was interested in a coaching program for people in her company, but she was also hiring a project major manager for an important role on her team. And she asked if I knew anybody who would be interested. And I recommended someone and they met for coffee the next morning. And this is happening really, really quickly. 
And I want you to think about what would happen if this person I recommended wasn't good or doesn't meet their professional standards. What happens next is this actually becomes a reflection on me because this may put a sour taste in this person's mouth and they may actually question whether or not I actually have capacity to deliver on their standards. So the really important thing to understand here is that you can't force somebody to put their reputation on the line for somebody else, like I did by recommending this person for this job. For sponsorship to really work, the sponsor needs to vet their protege, that's the word for the junior person in this relationship, and make sure that their values align and make sure that they can deliver to the same professional standard that they expect. So this person that I recommended, I've known them for seven years in both a personal and a professional capacity. So I am pretty confident that if they do get this job that they will be able to deliver. I remember when I was first learning about sponsorship, the first thing I thought was, yes, please, how do I sign up for this? The problem is that you can sign up to get advice and you can volunteer people to give advice, to share stories, recommend books, drop some names, which is a mentoring program and why formal mentorship programs do work. People can sign up and they can be matched. But if you are looking for that opportunity, you can't actually volunteer someone to put their reputation on the line for somebody else. So you really need to understand that for sponsorship to truly work, there needs to be skin in the game for both people. In a mentoring relationship, if the mentee takes the mentor's advice and completely fails, there's nothing really on the mentor, really. There's no consequences to the mentor. But if a protege takes that opportunity that that sponsor gives them and completely fails at it, that actually looks really bad on the sponsor as well. So that mutual benefit, that skin in the game is so important for sponsorship to work and for people to be able to create opportunities for others to advance. So you might be thinking, how do you actually overcome this? Like if we can't sign up for a formal sponsorship program, how do we do this? Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? It's that feeling that you don't deserve to be there and you don't know what you're doing. At any moment, people will reveal that you're a fraud and that you don't belong. Until recently, imposter syndrome was considered an internal problem, something that's in your head and it was up to you, the individual, to solve this problem. I wanna tell you today that this assumption is wrong. There is new research that explains why imposter syndrome is a systemic issue and not an individual problem. We've created a free report exploring the evidence and providing strategies companies can use to address this. Here's the truth. If you're a woman in construction, imposter syndrome is not all in your head. Get the report at ambitiontheory.ca forward slash imposter. And now back to our show. So if you are looking for a sponsor, there's a couple questions I want to ask you that will help you to really figure out this piece of the puzzle. So the first thing is showcase what you have to offer. In order for somebody to take a chance and offer you an opportunity, they need to know what you're capable of. They need to be so confident in your work that they are willing to put their reputation on the line to advocate for you. So really just ask yourself, what can I show a potential sponsor what I am really capable of? How can I show them so that they feel comfortable that I'm really good at what I do and if they give me an opportunity, I will be able to deliver. 
The second thing is really get clear on your own goals and tell this person what they are. So in order for someone to advocate for you, they need to know what you're striving for. So this will allow them to be on the lookout for opportunities that can help you move forward. It sounds really simple, but getting clear on your own goals and sharing them with this potential sponsor will allow them to realize how they can help you. So really ask yourself, what are my short-term and long-term goals? And the third one is if these two don't work is to just ask for the opportunity. So the research has told us that women are groomed for leadership differently than men. Women are mentored and given advice and men are sponsored and given opportunities. But because this is often unconscious, you're able to turn your mentor into a sponsor by asking them to open doors for you. You need to ask yourself, what new experiences would help me move my career forward? And if you wanna do your part and sponsor other women, this is what you need to do. You need to really hold back on giving that advice and instead get curious and ask more questions. So really some great questions to ask are, what are their goals? What needs to happen so that I can become comfortable aligning my reputation with theirs? What do you need to see? What do they need to deliver so that you feel comfortable opening a door for them? Um, and take a risk yourself. So give another person an opportunity, push them out of their comfort zone, support them and help them figure it out along the way so they can learn. Sponsorship is a really powerful tool to advance people's careers, but unfortunately we aren't leveraging it to its full potential. With this one simple tweak, by focusing on opportunities instead of advice, we can accelerate women's careers and start to close the gender gap. And one thing I do wanna address is that sponsorship goes both ways. The senior person in this relationship can absolutely benefit as well, and they actually need to. Specifically in construction, senior leaders can't be on every job site. They can't know everything that is going on in the company. It is absolutely impossible because the industry is so complex. So if you can share what's really going on with them at your level in the company, this can become really valuable information for them because they will be able to see what's really going on in the company. And this helps them do their job better. So when you're thinking about how do I approach a sponsor, what value can I bring to the table, simply look at what you're doing. What do you know about the company? What's happening on your job site? What's happening in your department? What are people stressed out about? Sharing that information with a senior leader is like gold. And you will be surprised um, how this can further deepen that relationship with someone that is a couple levels above you in your company. And this is the kind of thing we work on in our coaching programs at Ambition Theory because it is complicated and it can be hard and time consuming to figure this out. Um, and to be honest, because of this, because it is hard, it's not always straightforward um, and there's conflicting advice out there, many people don't do this and they continue to stay frustrated. And this is why we see in construction, I hear this all the time from our clients, you know, my old co-op student got promoted before I did. Um, that person that I trained is now at a higher level of leadership than I am. This is a frustration that people experience all the time. It's not intentional. It just happens because there is gender bias. And it's not just in the construction industry. It's in every single industry. But a lot of people do tell me, Andrea, I would love to get coaching and figure this out, but I just can't afford it and my company will not pay for it. Yes, I wanna 
just call this out, coaching can be expensive, but coaching is also outcome oriented. So I wanna give you an example of this. I wanna read what one of our clients, Jacqueline, said about what happened after she participated in one of our coaching programs. She said, I walked into my construction manager's office and asked for a promotion and explained why I felt that I deserved it. I was just told last week that it was approved. A lot of people also tell me, Andrea, what you're talking about sounds great, but we already have a leadership training program um, internally, or we go to a construction leadership program that we put all of our employees in. And this is absolutely fantastic. And I wanna encourage you to take those training programs, but really uh, my challenge for you is to really look at this existing, all of the existing training programs that you have to see if they address gender bias. In the last episode, I talked a little bit about this. Um, I talked about a new friend of mine. Her name is Jennifer Todd, and she's the president and founder of LMS General Contractors. And I love Jennifer because she is a lifelong learner. She has a master's degree. She has a law degree. She takes every single construction leadership course available because she wants to learn, she wants to grow, she wants to be that exceptional leader of her company. But she said to me something really interesting. She said most of these courses, specifically for leadership in the construction industry, are taught by men. And if she said if she did exactly what they were telling her to do, following that transactional leadership approach, she would probably have a different experience and would likely experience some backlash. And she said, especially when it comes to negotiations, because gender bias does show up in those situations. So in the next episode, I will be sharing real stories of real people who have implemented these strategies in their careers in the construction industry. I'm going to be talking about what is happening to them now. So some of these people are from the very early days of ambition theory who took a chance, they invested in coaching, and I'll be sharing in the next episode what is happening to them today. So this episode will be coming up in two weeks, so make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss it. And I'm also really curious. I want to know what you think about mentorship versus sponsorship, because it can be a bit of a controversial topic. Do you agree with me that sponsorship is a lot more powerful than mentorship? And I'm really curious about your experience. What it's what has it been like for you in your company? Have you had a mentor? Have you had a sponsor? I'd love it if you could send me an email to hello at ambitiontheory.ca or send me a message to Andrea Jansen on LinkedIn and let me know what you think. Hey, before you go, I wanted to read a review of our podcast from iTunes. This one is from Monopolis and it's called Fantastic. I love how Andrea delves deeper into much used but often completely misunderstood concepts like mentorship versus sponsorship, diversity, etc. The interviews provide real world applicability. This is definitely a regular listen for me. I'm wondering if I can ask you a favor. Can you go onto iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review and a comment? This helps us to get the word out so that we can keep making episodes for you for free every single week. <music>